<coughs> the shir is uh, perhaps even more for women than for men. Um, but being that a lot of it is going to be introduction, we're going to get to halakas towards the end. The next year, Mitzvah Shem will open up to the Ezus Nashim. Uh, it'll be a lot more practical for the women. But uh, this is a gentle introduction for men and women, how we could get a hold of Pesach properly and doing the right thing without it totally ruining us. Okay, as a disclaimer for this year and the next two shiurim, I'd like to say that we're going to be saying kulais. We're going to be saying things that are leniencies to make life easier. But we should not think, like I spoke about on Shabbos, we're not looking for kulas. We're not looking for kulas, and we're not supposed to look for kulas. It lacks uh, the true and honest kabolas oil malchus shamayim. When a person is just looking for the easiest way out, we want to look for truth. We want to look for what the true halacha is, and we're not looking for kulas. And as a matter of fact, we're not just looking for kulas, we're looking at how to be machmir on a very important mitzvah, say Raisa, and that is Simchas Yomtif. How we can come to Pesach and not fool away like a shmata, and how to actually really have Pesach besimcha, how to really focus on Zman Chayu properly, how to be yoytze the mitzvahs of Pesach properly, of giving over the amuna to our children properly. And it really depends on how we approach Pesach beforehand. So we're not looking for kulas, we're looking for ways how we could properly be machmer on sumkas yomtif and properly understanding Zman Chayu the first thing we have to be aware of is as much as, as much as they, you know, spread these jokes and there's probably a lot of these little uh, WhatsApp videos or whatever it is, you know, making funny humor about Zman Cheiruseinu. Uh, I could imagine what they are. I probably have seen some in years past. I didn't see any yet this year. But yeah, there's a lot of jokes. Yes, Manche Rusenu. You know, the women sitting there scrubbing on the floors and working hard down to the nail and... And that's Zman Chayrusenu. We have to be aware that according to Allah, um, Nisan is a happier time even than Adar. When we say Mishanichnas Adar, Marbe Besimcha, we are Marbe Besimcha all the way leading into and through Nisan. So Nisan is supposed to be a more happy and exciting time even than Adar. It's a buildup. So that's first and foremost, we have to be aware of Nisan, which means Hashem is going to be in another week and, and a day. Huh? That's right. Nisan, which is in another week, which many people have this perspective on Nisan. That's, oh my gosh. It's not true. With the correct perspective, Nisan is a tremendous time of Simcha. Misha Nichnas Adar Marbim Simcha building up into Nisan. So Nisan is supposed to be a happy time and if it's not happy we got a problem with how we're doing things. Another thing to note is there's no Zecher to the Avdus and the slavery in Mitzrayim except for eating Marah. There's no such thing as, oh, I'm going to scrub the floor, I'm going to clean this, I'm going to scrub the pots and clean the kitchen and bleach the who knows what out of whatever. There's no such of remembering except during the Seder when you eat Mora. Other than that, there's, Pesach is not a time to remember slavery Pesach is a time to remember 
Geula. Redemption. Okay? So we have to remember that there's no chiyuv to remember the slavery of Mitzrayim and enact it. Okay? So that there's no mitzvah zecher to the slavery. I will mention a very interesting source, and that is the Kuzari. The Kuzari says... Uh, when, when the king asked Chavar, what's this with Pesach cleaning Mamish every drop of Chametz? And the, the, the Chavar answered a very interesting thing. He says, part of Zaman Chayrusain was that we feel like kings. A king lives in a nice, clean, beautiful, shining, sparkling palace. And every Jew's home in Nisan should be a palace. So there is some aspect and some reason to make your home sparkle and shine. There is some aspect to that, and it is valid. However, we have to know that it is not a chiyuv, and very often, very often you have to be careful. Whenever you're doing lefnimish or zadim, whenever you're doing something with extra credit, we need mishkal hachasidus, and the mishkal hachasidus means to balance what you're doing extra with what the outcome is going to be. You have to look at the ripple effect. We're not doing the Chumash yet, we'll get to it soon, Ephraim. But you, every time you do something with Nimesh Sadin, you have you are chayiv to measure its ripple effect and say, the guy wants to sit up, oh, it's Thursday night tonight. Let me get learning again tonight. What kind of effect is that going to have on your Seder tomorrow? How's that going to affect your meters and your Kibra Ve'en? How's that going to affect your mood on Shabbos? So whenever you're doing something beyond the letter of the law, you must, must, must take into account the ripple effect it's going to have on the people around you and the ripple effect that it's going to have on yourself in the future. And that's something we learned about in Mesir Sesharim. Chasidus, without that measure, Chasidus, without taking into account the ripple effect, is ra. It's evil, it's wicked, and it's wrong. Chasidus is only good when you take all the ripple effects into account. And one of the ripple effects of people enslaving themselves, Pesach, is coming into Lel Haseder, feeling like a shmata, that is certainly something to be taken into account, and therefore it's something that we have to be weary of. So even though the Kuzri says, yes, a, person, a Jew's home should look like a royal palace coming into Pesach, that is lefnim hadin. It's not required. It's a nice chasidus if you could get away with it easy without having negative ripple effects. But if it's going to lead to stress and telling your children, your husband, and snapping back and being in a bad mood and, and feeling horrible like a piece of garbage by the Lel Seder, then that is a terrible ripple effect of the avdus that a person enslaved upon himself, and it should not be done. What about the fact that we have a minig and it's brought down? Nashim Zidkaniyas, ah, they're hailing in Nashim Zidkaniyas in Klaizo. Look how careful they are about the tiniest crumb and dust of Chavetz. Ah, the Nashim Zidkaniyas. So what I would suggest is, not that I'm downgrading anybody, but all the Nashim Zidkaniyas should first search through all the areas of their hearts and the Zidkaniyas and the Tzadikas that they're expected to be in all other areas in life before they kill themselves and their families over Pesach. There are a lot of other areas of tzidkus that we could all be tzadikim and tzadikim and tzadikuses without having negative effects. Since when are suddenly all of us big grace tzadikim? And sometimes when it's almost natural to be a tzadik, 
you have to be scary that maybe really that voice is coming from elsewhere. When somehow you feel a natural, instinctive draw to be very special, holy, wonderful, great, and, and gewaldig, very often it's coming from a dirty, evil, wicked voice deep inside. So let's put this grace at Sidkis to the side for a moment, and let's look at a Vilna Goyen. The Vilna Goyen says that a person very often takes things upon himself that the Torah does not require, and then afterwards he blames God for his failures. Okay, I'm going to learn seven blood a day and finish Shas together with Rukhayim Kenevsky every year of Pesach. Great! Awesome! And then when things go terrible and he can't keep up, and what do you mean, Hashem, I was trying to do the right thing and you're not helping me. You have to be careful when you take on churmas upon yourselves because very often people try to be extra from and extra chumma and something and when it fails, they blame God. Look, you weren't doing the right thing. You have to be very careful who says it was the right thing. That's a Vilna Goyen. Okay, let's start talking a little tired. This week's parish is parish is para. Okay, we're going to learn about the para ah duma. Now, usually parish is para follows Purim. I just heard an amazing chat. Why parish is para is right after Purim, usually. This year we didn't have that. We had Shabbos, a break. We didn't have any special parish this past Shabbos. Okay? But usually, six out of seven times, para is right after Purim. One out of seven times, para is a week after Purim. There's a break, and then comes Purim. So right now we're dealing with a very rare opportunity. We have para a week away from Purim. Instead of the Shabbos following Purim, Purim para is closer to Pesach than Purim. Why is usually para right after Purim? You ready for an awesome shot? I heard this from Harav Daniel Gladstein. You ready for this? B'Shem Haramami Panu. And it t- ties in beautifully with this parasha, by the way, also. This week's parasha begins by Yaakov Moshe Ben about keeping Shabbos. So the Gemara says there was once a year by the name of Rabbi Yechanan Ben Tursa. Rabbi Yechanan, the son of a cow. Pretty bad name for somebody, son of a cow, right? You want to meet his parents. What? Son of a cow? What's that supposed to mean? Rabbi Yechanan Ben Tursa. What was the story? This guy came to a poor yid, and the poor yid was selling his cow. The guy buys the cow. And he's working with it, and comes Shabbos, the cow doesn't want to work. The guy comes back to the poor yid, and the guy says, uh, what's up with this cow? It's not working in Shabbos. It's give me back my money. Now the poor yid didn't have the money to give back to him. So in the last desperate, uh, you know, ditch-ditch effort, he runs up to the cow, and he whispers into the cow's ear, you're not my cow anymore. You are owned by a guy, and you could work on Shabbos. And with that, the cow started working on Shabbos. Now, the Goyesha owner of this cow went out of his mind. This is amazing. A cow has a recognition of Shabbos and not Shabbos and who the master of the world is. And I don't recognize the master of the world. Thereupon, this Goyesha owner of the cow converted to Judaism. And he became known as a Tanor, maybe an Amor in the Gemara. He became a huge Tzaddik. And he became known as Rabbi Yechanan ben Tursa. Rabbi Yechanan, the son of a cow. Well, he wasn't the son of his parents because a convert is not considered 
the son of his parents anymore. So when he gets a Jewish name, we call him Ben Avram, because Avram Avinu inspires them to do to, to become Gerim. Well, here a cow inspired this man to become a Gerim. So they called him Rabbi Yechanan Ben Tursa. Get ready for this. Zok the Ben the the Ramami Panu. You want to know the connection between a cow and Purim? The cow was a Gilgal of Vashti. And Rabbi Yochanan was a Gilgal of Achashverosh. And so we have a cow that is the tail end of Purim. Okay? And as a matter of fact, there's a medrash that Taka puts together Zois Chukas Pora Aduma, and it puts it together with this Indian. So, as I heard, Ramayisha Wolfson says, Zois Chukas Hatoira is Gematria Hamelech Achashverosh. Go figure it out. Okay? So, the Pora Aduma, the Pora Aduma has the power of purity and purifying even a guy. And turning on a guy to, to Yiddishkeit. So the Pura is pretty powerful and it has a connection to Purim. But what's the connection between Pura and Duma? This year it's not connected to Purim. This year Pura Aduma is closer to Pesach, the Gemara says. The Gemara is a stira. So why? We have one Bryce that says Pura is right after Purim. And one Bryce that says Pura is closest to Rosh Chodesh. Nisan. The Gemara says the difference is when's Rosh Chodesh Nisan? This year, Rosh Chodesh Nisan falls out in a week on Shabbos. So Parshas HaKodesh is that Shabbos. And the week before is this Shabbos. is Parshas Parah. And we end up having a break of a week in between Purim and Parah. So what's the connection between Parah and Pesach? Okay. I'll tell you my suggestion. When we come to Pesach, a lot of people think that you're supposed to eat like a cow. So, that's not the connection. <laughs> a lot of meat. Uh, meat and potatoes. Okay, but anyway. No, so what's the connection between para and Pesach? I would like to suggest an unbelievable thing. You know, a lot of people think that hard work is cleansing. So Zaina Kapura, you know, you're scrubbing the floor, you're bleaching, who knows what, you're going crazy and Saurus, Saurus, so Zaina Kapura. Here we have a case where a cow is a Kapura. A Pura Aduma is the Kapura for the Ego. Correct? It's an amazing thing. What is the, what makes a Pura Aduma Kasha for a Pura Aduma? One of the things is something that seems so, so, so the opposite of what we're trained to think. Asherlai. Allah Aleha oil. It never carried a burden. What? Don't we say Carrying a burden is something that's good, proper, we're designed, we're supposed to carry a burden. Sidriya Yeshiva is a burden. Showing up on time to Chavrusa is a burden. Parnasa is a burden. Getting married is a burden. Children is a burden. And burdens, we learn, is something good. Toiv lagever kiyisa oil ben urov. And it's good to start your life when you're young with oil, so you get used to it when you're older. <coughs> so in oil, we say, Kabbalah's oil, Malchus The whole Torah, it's not like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. No. It first has to start with the Kabbalah's oil, a yoke, a responsibility, a hischaivus. 
to the Malchus Shemayim. So what is it that suddenly, it's almost like the, the paradox of Paraduma. Matami Satmeim, Matami Satoirim. So here we have something that represents purity for Klaiso. And what does it tell you to do? Oh, just go moo, 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 and don't carry any oil? What is it supposed to be? So I want to share with you an interesting thought. This week's parasha, and the parasha immediately preceding the Eyo, both talk about Shabbos. Okay? The, par, the paraduma is to as a kapara for the ego. So if everybody doesn't mind, please open Vayakel. Parshas Vayakel. Mamish to the first two psukim. Pasuk base in Parshas Vayakel. Page what? 268. 268. So the Pasuk, we're all familiar with this. She yame teasem alacha. Six days teasem alacha. Work shall be done through you. So here we have a warning about Shabbos. Six days work shall be done. Uh, does it say to do work, six days? It doesn't say do work. It says work shall be done through you. You shall cause work to be done. And the seventh day, Shabbos, Shabbosin Lashem, is a Shabbos of Shabboses. Okay? Turn to Parshish Kisisa, Perik Lamed Aleph, Posik Tezvav, a very similar Pasuk. Perik Lamed Aleph, Posik Tezvav. Just a few pages back. Perik Lamed Aleph, Posik Tezvav. It says, Sheish Yes Yonim, Six days a week, work will be done. And the seventh day, Shabbos Everything's the exact same in this passage. Just one says, One says, And then we have another place that says, Six days, you shall work and do Malacha. So there's two huge differences here. One of them says, Ta'avod, you should do work. The Asi son, you will do a Malachtecha. So first of all, it's an extra word, Ta'avod. Over here it doesn't say Avod, it just says Malacha. And even over here, when it says Malacha, both of them say Malacha like, you know, it will be done, but not that you should do it. What's the difference between Avod and Malacha? And why do we switch to you doing it shall be done, and Teya said you shall cause it to be done. Listen to this unbelievable medrash in the Mechilta. Mechilta says, six days a week, Yeh Melacha will be done. Zakta medrash, you know who's going to do it for you? Goyim. It doesn't say you'll do work. Moshe, sounds good. <laughs> Goyim should do it. Yeah, Work is going to be done. You don't have to do it. Zog the Medrash. Can Bizman she Yisrael Oisim Ritzayno Shemakon. When Klaizol is doing Ratzon Hashem, their work will be done through others. Pretty nice. By Asim Parches Vayakel, it says very similar. Teyase, a little bit more involving you. You will cause work to be done. Also, Klaisel is doing Ritzay But it doesn't say over there that Goyim will do your work. Someone else is going to do your work. 
but not goyim. And when it says ta'avoyd v'asizikom lachdecha, you will do it. That's when Klai Yisrael is not doing what's in Hashem. That means as follows. We all know, like we said before, we're created to do work. We are created to push through challenges, to put an effort through life. Adam la'amol yulad. We are created for the effort that we put into our lives. Amelus. To put in effort and put in strong work. That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. Gemara says, does that mean amel haguf? To work with our bodies? Or amel hapeh? To work with our mouths? So the Gemara says we're supposed to work with our mouths. Doesn't sound like such hard work. Do this. Do that. Go there. Lift that. Put that down. Screw this in. Sounds great. Cook this. Make that. Diaper the baby. Sounds great. Work with your mouth. So you might, no, no, no. That's not the type of work with your mouth. You know what you're really designed for? To work with your mouth in Torah. Not to work with your mouth by delegating to other people what to do. Then you're on the job site still. No! You are designed to work with your mouth not even on the job site. So here we have three madragas. The first madrag is the guy is not doing what Hashem. What Hashem was not that you should do work. And you know what he's doing? This yid is actually doing work. You know why he's doing work? Because he's missing the boat. He doesn't realize what he's here for. He thinks he's here to make a parnosa. He thinks he's here to work. So he's working. But he's in a social market. He's missing the boat. The next level is the yid who's somewhat involved. He's causing the work to be done through others. He's telling them what to do. He's instructing them. He's delegating them. He's not doing the actual physical labor, but he's also working his mouth. He allow who the halak of Madriga is. Yay, awesome, Elohim. Goyim will take care of everything for you. You just sit in the base of Etrusheller. These are the three Madrigas. We found another difference, though, was Ta'avoid and Melachtach. The guy that's not doing what's in Hashem, it's called Avoidah. When we left Mitzrayim, it says we left me avoida lecherus. What does the Ben Harasha ask? Ma ha avoida. What's avoida is work that is not necessarily constructive. We know that Malacha on Shabbos is the 39 Malachas that went into the building in the Mishkan. And the Malacha is, by definition, something that develops and builds and changes and improves something. But if you're not improving something, if you're not developing something, if you're not getting anywhere, you know what you call that? Avdus. I'm just working. One is constructive building activities. The 39 malachas, and one is just work. So here's a very, very dangerous thing. Besides for the fact that a person that puts in too much work into Pesach, as a lefnimish or sadin, so you you know, they think they're doing a mitzvah. No, it's not Ratz Hashem. And you know what it is? That's ta'avit. That's just work. It's not even constructive. What are you gaining out of it? What are you growing out of it? As a matter of fact, it could be detrimental. It could be hurting the people around you. It could be hurting yourself. What kind, what kind of person do you feel like when it comes to Pesach? You can tell me, oh, that Pesach feels like Chayyim. is not true. As Zoyvi on Shabbos, we say Shabbos Menucha. Now she says, it's a Yoyim Menucha. Shabbos, Shabbos, it means not that I'm just not doing work and can't count. Shabbos is Yoyim Margoya, a day of tremendous sense of joy and, and, and peace. Not just, oh, I could fall apart. I don't have to do work today. It's a positive sense of energetic peace. That's Shabbos. And the same thing is with Pesach. 
We have a very, very dangerous thing over here. If somebody goes and kills themselves before Pesach with Advaita, it's needless, non-constructive work. It's Avaita, that's Avdus, that's slavery, that's not Malacha. The Avishta says, Teyase or Yeyase Malacha. But Tavai is someone who's missing the boat. What do we learn from a cow? What do we learn from a cow? That putting on the slightest physical oil on the cow's back, you put your towel on the cow and it walks a few feet with the cow, it's Allah, Aleha, oil. A physical oil is an oil. It's a yoke. But a spiritual oil, if we're Makabal, what Hashem says, it's not going to be a bad yoke. That is going to be charus. Let me share with you uh, an idea and then we'll talk a little Hanakal Maisa. So if a person does Avaida, they do needless extra work for Pesach, Chas V'Shalom, Chas V'Kalil, you have to be concerned that a Russia, or perhaps even in yourself, you might ask yourself, Go to Florida! Escape! Unfortunately, you'll have people that will go a step further than Florida. <laughs> Why should I have the Avaida Pesach and just go to Florida? Who needs the Avaida of Kolata let me drop the whole thing. The, the, the route to escape. Like Rav Moshe Feinstein says, the people that used to crash when they kept Shabbos, so their children all said, I'm not interested, I'm out. But we feel that ourselves. Why is it 35,000 people disappearing for Pesach? And that's just to Orlando. Because 35,000 this year, just to Orlando. We're, we're there. What? They're escaping. We have a Peladiga problem here. When we say Pesach is Mancha, you say it's supposed to plug Cheros into our lives for the rest of the year. But if we make it part of this, you know, not really part of our lifetime vacation, then you know where Cheros remains? In, in Orlando. And the rest of the year, you won't have any Cheros. The rest of the year, you'll have Aftos. The only way to take Zman Cheyusenu and plant it into our lives for the year is what the Torah says, Altikrichorus Elacherus. By the Luchos, we're engraving the letters. And from there we dash in Cheyus. That means that Cheyus is bound with you and so much a part of you. That's real Cheyus. When you engrave HaKadosh Baruch who's rotten into your heart and you do and you clean the Pesach for rotten Hashem, You'll have cheiros that's part of you and not an escape. By the way, what happens? You know, Isis Parachas Bavri, Moshe Bain broke the Luchais and the letters floated up. I would have said that when the letters floated up into the heavens, that's cheiros. Those letters were free and we're free of those letters. No, that's a broken body. A broken body escapes. Those letters escaped. An escape is not cheiros. Cheiros is. When in they say, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. I know a certain Tamil Kalakamu told me he has so much stress preparing for this year and that. And now he just, you know, he, he needs some downtime, you know, he, he likes to watch the news on the internet. Why isn't he enjoying all of the learning that he's doing by day? If his learning is really meaningful and real to himself. <laughs> downtime. A whole day is, 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 is yeah, downtime, it's uptime, it's vacation time. If you enjoy Torah, if you enjoy teaching Torah, if you enjoy being like Kairav Yiddin, if you enjoy davening, then you're never really working. 
So we have to figure out how to get the Kheiris into our lives, not to put the Kheiris into this escape route. When we left Mitzrayim, Hashem pointed out to us, we left Piyot Chazaka by daytime, we didn't escape out of Mitzrayim. It was a Kheiris that was built into our hearts and souls. Okay, so we have to be very careful not to do Avoida that has no reason for it. And we have to be very careful to develop a sense of Kheiris. We have just a few minutes, we're going to discuss a little bit tidbit, a tip of the iceberg of some lenient, easy, simple approaches. And next week we'll get a lot more into a bunch of tricks and a locus to make preparing for Pesach a pleasure. Okay, so number one. Chazal were very concerned that even though if you do bitl chametz and you say kol you do the whole form of bitl, you might not really mean it. Or you might have some really expensive bottle there that's so special you don't really want to make hefker. Or, or, even if you meant it and everything, you might be sitting around something that's come at some pace and you might eat it. That's why we search and clean for chutz. Okay? So here's two clothes to remember, everybody. Two clothes. You know what we're searching and cleaning the house for? We're searching for something that's really special that when you were levatel yechavet, you might not have meant it. <coughs> something really chashuv, something really, really special, like that bukla that you saved from 20 years ago by your chasana, as a remembrance and a memory. Oh, that's so chashuv, you don't want to be levatel it. You have some kind of chavet that's so special, some bottle of whiskey that you got by your first bris mila, whatever. You have something very, you don't want to, you don't want to be mafkirit. I have a bottle I got from the mashkiach and yeshiva. There's just a drop left for it. Happens to be kashal <laughs> But I don't want to be mavalit. I would never be mavalit. I can't be mavalit. I don't have for the life of me. It's very kashal to me. Made sure to leave a little bit in there. I haven't touched it in years. It's very special. Kirsch. It's uh, from, from Schweiz. Kashal I haven't touched it. I can't, I'm not mavalit. So what you're looking for is something that you're not really mavalit. So it's very kashal. Or you're looking at cleaning from something that you would pop into your mouth without thinking. You're not looking for dust and crumbs. You're not looking for sticky pieces of corn syrup that may be as kidneys. You're looking for something that is so chashuv, you're not mavadal. And you're looking for something that you would inadvertently, without thinking, you might forget that it's Pesach and pop into your mouth. Which means that moving the refrigerator is lufnim zadin. Moving the oven is lufnim zadin. Mopping the floor is lufnim zadin. Vacuuming the floor is lufnim zadin. Windexing your windows is lufnim zadin. Wiping down your walls is lufnim zadin. All of these things are extras and if you touch something extra, you have to be very careful what the ripple effect is going to be. Are you going to get a sense and a feeling in yourself afterwards? Then it's wrong to do it. So you have to be aware to keep Torah Hashem in the mitzvah. It won't be hard. Like the Vilna says. If we just keep to what the Ibn just says, the Torah would be easy. 
the Torah will be pleasant, like the famous marshal, the Buddha Magad. The Buddha Magad once arrived in a motel, and he came with this little uh, carry-on luggage, and he goes to his room, and he, 10 minutes later, his luggage is still not there. He goes to the hall, and he hears the, the, the bellboy, you know, huffing and puffing and dragging and pulling. He says, what's taking you so long? He says, yeah, your luggage, is, it's hard to bring up. He said, if my luggage is giving you such a headache, it's not my luggage. My luggage was a little tiny release, a little carry. I said, the Ebershter says, Dr. Vulnagai, if my luggage, if my tire is giving you so much a headache, you got the wrong thing. It's the wrong religion. You're taking on your own new religion and taking on new things that Hashem never told you to do. What Hashem told you to do is the Racheha, the Noyam, the Chol, the so when we take upon ourselves any extras with Pesach, you have to be scared and run in the opposite direction. Unless you're really, really, really bored and in the mood of doing all those things. So number one, wiping down walls. It used to be a minute women used to wipe down walls because they used to glue wallpaper with chametz diga glue. There's no reason. Even then it was lufnimishuasadin. The culture game is manenu. You don't have to wipe down walls and erase every every crayon mark on, on a wall. Okay? You don't have to windex windows. You don't have to map, you don't even have to map a floor. The etzem, a good sweep, you know, move around some, some little toy chest or whatever it is, in case something fell behind and somebody might pick it up and put it in their mouth. A good sweep should be enough, except for areas in the kitchen or things that'll end up on your table. We're going to talk about that next week in Mitzvah But in general, around the house and bedrooms and everything, if it's not something that's going to end up in your mouth, a, a sweep and that's it is all that is necessary. You're checking for something that is extremely chashuv, that your bittel would not have worked on, or you're checking for something that you will pop in your mouth without thinking. A dusty, hairy piece of a candy under the oven or behind the cabinet is not something anybody will put in their mouth. And you don't have to do bedika for it. If you want to do it, it's a chumrah. Be careful with your chumras because you don't know what the ripple effects are. Mitzvah next week we'll discuss a lot more hates tricks and an easy way to bring on Pesach.